Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Hello and welcome to episode 148, almost at another milestone, just two episodes shy of the 150 mark. Who knew that waking up on April Fool's Day in 2020 with an idea would bring us to this point today? I think I had an inkling. However, it's been so much more in so many respects than I could have possibly have imagined. In the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to new guests who have been recommended to me by past guests, people who I didn't know before launching this podcast, who will be featured later on this year. And I'm really excited to be able to share with you their experiences, their thoughts, their insights. It's fascinating how you meet people in life. Allow me to share just this one chain of events with you. John Ball reached out to me last July to connect on LinkedIn and he recommended we did a pod swap guesting on one another's shows. During our introductory conversation, John recommended that I speak to Lee Hayes, which I did, and subsequently interviewed for episode 99. After our interview, Lee recommended me to Cindy Ashton, to Fergus Connolly, to Jeffrey Shaw, and it's just been incredible speaking to those people. And Lee recommended me to Cindy. Cindy recommended me to Tanya Stell, who's in turn has recommended me to Demetria Sloan. And that's a chain of five connections and conversations that have all arisen from one LinkedIn message. And that was how my first reflection today also arose. Podcast host of Zero to Something, Richard Howard, messaged me last October saying that we seem to be interested in similar themes and thought it'd be great to connect. Well, we did. Episode 143, Maximise for Flexibility with Richard Howard. Richard shared what Maximise for Flexibility meant to him and his future. What does Maximise for Flexibility mean to you? For me, it's a way of living that courses through every element of me. Flexibility and freedom are important values to me. I underestimated just how much, as I guess we all have over the recent year with restrictions on our flexibility and our freedom to travel, to be with our loved ones, friends and family. Now, flexibility can also be seen as being open-minded and being able to spot opportunities. Something Richard said piqued my curiosity, that you're 60 to 70% more likely to become an entrepreneur if your parent is one. I thought I'd look into some entrepreneurial studies a bit deeper and here are some insights of what I found. According to a survey conducted by FreshBooks on 1,000 entrepreneurs, they found that 8% had their first business by 10 years old and 26% had had their parents help them write their first business plan. Interesting to see how simple business goal setting and action plans like hours worked or units sold with children help teaching them valuable business judgment at a really early age. 
This same survey found that moving home several times as a child whilst being disruptive actually benefited them greatly as adults in that there was a strong sense of self and less focus on material things with a clearer sense of what they wanted out of life. 67% of those surveyed described themselves as careful versus risk-taking. 61% cited people who were seen as mentors or role models whilst growing up, provided invaluable blueprints for de-risking becoming an entrepreneur. It would appear that risks were not left to chance, but were mitigated using creative solutions. Interestingly, only 6% in the survey were above average students at school, citing hard work, persistence, standing up again after failure, and knowing that your company worth is not equal to your self-worth. Now, one thing I've noticed in life is that entrepreneurship is not for everyone. There are certainly those who are far more suited to it than others. It tends to be those who have a strong desire for income potential and flexibility of lifestyle that tend to pursue career independence. Richard talks of his dad being risk adverse and turning down the franchise for Casio watch, the G-Shock watch, which turned out to be, in his words, at least a £5 million mistake, just because he didn't want to step into unknown markets. I wonder, though, how many other things just don't pan out? I mean, who knows what will take off and what wouldn't? I mean, it's easy with hindsight to know that the Casio watch took off, but what if it hadn't? The most popular reasons for becoming an entrepreneur are for freedom, satisfaction and flexibility. And would it surprise you to know what the average age is for an entrepreneur in today's world? It's 40 for a first startup with the average age of leaders of high-growth startups being 45 years old. One article I read cited four independent studies indicating this to be the case. One study conducted by the Founder Institute tracked 3,000 global applicants and examined in detail the progress of the organisation's 1,000 enrolled founders and tracked their 350 graduates. They found that as older individuals have generally completed more complex projects from buying a house to raising a family and developed greater vocational skills than their younger counterparts in many, but not all. And they theorised that the combination of successful project completion skills with real world experience helps older entrepreneurs to identify and address more realistic business opportunities. I'm a midlife beginner. And I can vouch for these studies to be true. At the age of 39, I returned back to work after a 12-year break to raise my two children. At the age of 41, I decided to set up my first business, which enabled my husband to retire three years later. There have been other joint venture businesses which I started with others that have not taken off. And in the last four years, I have a deeper understanding of my values, my strengths, and I'm now focusing on what works for me and what is aligned with my values. Coaching and podcasting are clearly my forte, and I couldn't imagine a life without doing either. I work with people to help them create a purposeful property portfolio. I help people to understand what their values, their strengths and their purpose are in life, which enable and empower them to create a future of their own design. More recently, I've been podcast mentoring to great success, helping other people to create podcasts with purpose. And if you need help in any of these areas, please reach out to me and book in a free call with me via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash inquiry call and we can take it from there. 
Middle age should not be a deterrent to focus on or start something new. Quite the opposite. See it as being in your prime. Embrace midlife beginnings. As a midlife beginner, I'm a massive advocate. Now is your time. Encouragingly, according to Duke University researcher Vivek Wada, when it comes to becoming a successful entrepreneur, anyone can get into the game. Contrary to what Richard was saying, many successful entrepreneurs didn't have entrepreneurial parents. They didn't even have entrepreneurial aspirations while going to school. Like me, they realised that being on the hamster wheel was not for them anymore, that creating a life maximised for flexibility was what they wanted. Take advantage of your wealth of experience and your transferable skills. Raising children, voluntary projects, house renovations, they've all taught me so much about life and business. In fact, I totally underestimated and undervalued my experiences, thinking I'd missed out on not being employed. Going back to work after a long break made me realise just how valuable all my learnings had been and continue to be. Don't ever let anyone tell you it's too late to start. It's never too late to be what you might have been and create a life of fulfilment, meaning and purpose. When you're finally in flow, you'll know. And if you're struggling to get into that flow state, just reach out to me and I can help you. Also, if you resonate with what I'm saying and you are a midlife beginner with a need of a nudge or two into the right direction, just book that call today with me. The link is in the show notes. Next up is episode 144, Game Changer with Fergus Connolly. Again, another nod to Lee Hayes for our introduction. Focusing on the importance of failure, performance, vulnerability, authenticity, leadership, resilience, preparation and control, Dr. Fergus Connolly is a performance coach who's worked with some of the world's most elite performers in professional sport, business and special forces all around the world working with companies such as Verizon, the San Francisco 49ers, University of Michigan, Liverpool Football Club, and many special force units. For me, the key takeaway from this episode is one of simplicity. Play, lean, talk. That's it. Yes, Fergus talked about performance, resilience, failure, authenticity, preparation, control, and the importance of failing. All these are linked to play, lean and talk. Play. We often forget to have fun, to enjoy the moment. As Fergus said, to play around debate, what if, play with ideas, have that freedom to play just as we did as children. Lean. Lean on people. It is lonely at the top. You're on your own. And as leaders, people seek direction from you. It was something that Kim Adele said about the C-suiters she works with too, that they fear showing vulnerability as people lose confidence in them. However, it's not the case. Leaning on others is crucial. You don't have all the answers and it's not just lean on, it's lean in too. I remember reading Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg back in 2014 and it really helped me to step up and out of my comfort zone. Returning back to work for the first time since 2002, I used this book like a personal pep talk, mentor, noting down key points. I needed to build my confidence up and frame my positive thinking. And here are my top 10 that I would read on my daily commute into work. 
What would I do if I weren't afraid? Then go do it. Prioritise potential for fast growth and the mission of the company above title. So many abilities are required on the job. I want to do that and I'll learn by doing it. If offered a seat on a rocket ship, don't ask what seat, just get on. In negotiations, let the other side offer first. Ability to listen is as important as the ability to speak. Make choices deliberately, set limits and stick to them. Ask how I could have done better. How can I do better? What am I doing that I don't know? What am I not doing that I don't see? Take responsibility for mistakes. And the final one, feedback, like truth, is not absolute. Feedback is an opinion grounded in observations and experiences, which allows us to know what impression we make on others. It's good to recognise when you need to lean on someone and be open. To have awkward conversations sooner in life than you really want to. To reverse engineer how you want to live by having the vision of what you want to achieve before you die and then set about doing it. Taking the necessary steps in that direction. Like Fergus, I absolutely love helping people, good people, to go on to achieve great things, to become successful and create impact. It's a conscious living legacy to create visible and invisible ripple effects. You can have a bigger impact on people when you understand what matters to you and to others. Always an opportunity, always a learning outcome. Fergus says that if you want a society to exist and continue to thrive, you have to consider your role and the impact on everybody around you and how you can do that. He spoke of better humans. What does it take not to make humans better, but to become better humans? He poses that you consider yourself in society in terms of your role across three core areas, from a professional sense, your personal life and well-being, and purposeful life. Fergus is on a mission to make better humans, challenging them to have those awkward conversations, to play with ideas and to lean on people. Fergus begins by asking them three philosophical questions. What do you do? Who are you? Why are you here? Do you know how you would answer those three fundamental life questions? Next up is episode 145, Being True to Yourself with Ina Bakalova. This is another one of those episodes, like Lara Cowan's, that has so much has changed in between recording and releasing that we had to re-record it. Ina believes that you owe it to yourself to pursue what you truly want to do. And she honours this belief by doing exactly that. Despite knowing inside that she didn't want a job, coming out of university, Ina took a role in sales. After a year, she decided to unleash the inner entrepreneur she felt lay within and leaving this role to launch her first business. It wasn't easy. After several setbacks and full starts, Ina has since built a thriving online business alongside building a property portfolio and she's passionate about helping others to achieve the same. She approached me because she wanted to provide that role model for others at her age. And taking on board all the learnings from entrepreneurship, employment and running her own social media agency, Ina now helps property entrepreneurs to grow their business on social media, 
attract and to secure their ideal clients through the clever use of content. She's living a life being true to herself. Are you being true to yourself? It's interesting because why wouldn't you be true to yourself? It seems so straightforward and yet so often I see people living a life that's in conflict with their values. Are you doing what you love doing? If not, what is it you're doing instead? And do you know why? The concept of this show was based on the principle of investigating why people do what they do. The age-old search for meaning in our lives threads through each story shared by each of the guests and Ina is no different. She knew what she wanted, yet she suppressed that feeling until she realised that she was not being authentic, that she was living a life that was not her truth. She questioned her values, her beliefs, and she held up a mirror to herself to reflect the truth. Trusting herself to guide her on the right course, she took a leap of faith. Her path has not been easy. However, she knows that she is living her own life and not someone else's. She noticed that it was not her reality, reducing the I should responses from her language and putting in clear boundaries to create her own future of her own design. Focused and determined, Ina has a purpose and a plan. She focuses on why. And I want to give a shout out to Joe Bolston for taking action. She posted on Instagram after hearing Ina's episode that she wanted to show the real side and to document more of her journey within her business and not just show the, the final glossy version. Thank you for sharing that, Joe, as it's so encouraging to see you share raw and real moments. Next up is 146 Points of Impact with Tim Durkin. Tim and I met last September on Derek Arden's Monday Night Chat Show. Tim, based in Dallas, Texas, and me in London, England, we've been meeting up pretty much every week ever since then, exchanging thoughts, ideas, experiences. One of the benefits of COVID is the connectedness that has been created through opportunities such as this. We share a love of reading, and as Tim says, you can go anywhere, be anybody at any time in history. Learn about the stories being told. And ironically, we're both reading Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, and we also share our respect for Man's Search for Meaning. As Tim said, it is indeed a book that you'll read in the evening, and yet it is one which will stay with you for the rest of your life. Not many books stand out like this. What books have done that for you or created that feeling? For me, it would have to be The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, and The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Both incredibly impactful books. However, for me, my starting point in my whole journey of a midlife beginner began by reading The Miracle Morning. Hal's journey is incredible, and it was him who inspired me to start scribing back on 6th of December 2016. That's 1,539 days ago, and so much has evolved through various forms in the way that they manifest. First, it was daily journaling, then note-taking, which in turn evolved into blogs or blogcasts, and then into articles to become newsletters, to become podcasts, to become reflections. Wow, that's some ripple effect that was caused by one single pebble. The Miracle Morning. My book is still yet to surface, yet I believe it will at some point soon. 
Tim is just putting the finishing touches on his second book, Points of Impact, 100 Insights for New and Experienced Leaders, which just sounds fantastic. He talks of having an assignment in life, and yet so often people don't even search for it. They stay in misery, failing to capitalise on talents, citing excuses such as they're too old or they have family responsibilities now. Tim said he found his why after five or six iterations. That he'd had great teachers and not so great teachers, yet he'd learned from them all. Some of his teachers in life were the Stoics, ancient thinkers such as Seneca and Marcus Aurelius. Stoicism is about understanding what you can control and what you can't control, which feeds directly into Viktor Frankl's final freedom, which is to control your response, your ability to respond, your response ability. Tim also speaks of a contemporary of Frankl from Auschwitz, Edith Eger, whom he says takes to it in a completely different level. And whilst her writing is luminous, her experience is as dark as dark can be. Eager is still alive and at 93 she knows what impact her memoirs, The Choice, Embrace the Impossible, has had on people. Yet I wonder if the Stoics ever knew what impact they have had over the millennia. I often think about what will people learn from the people in my lifetime, in our lifetime. What is the role that you have to play? Reassure, help, guide those around us and those to come in the future. Tim talked about reflection followed by action. Reflect, then act. His message of sending the lift back down to help other people has really resonated with me. It's such a great metaphor to ensure that you are looking out for those who are just a few steps behind you. Remember how you felt when you were there and how much you would have benefited from someone looking out for you at that point. That's my entire philosophy. My main reflection here from Tim is to serve others and check who you can extend an arm down to instead of a handout. My final reflection today is episode 147, Listen to Yourself with Dan Milne and Jane Nash. I so nearly called this episode Alchemy of Stories or The Thread of Life. However, when I looked at the transcript, the art of listening features a prominent element of what Dan and Jane do. Listen, storytell and connect, and particularly Listen to yourself. What I loved about the dynamic of this conversation is that the third person, i.e. me, created a space which encouraged new perspectives for Jane and for Dan. Jane even shared a story about listening intently under her grandmother's table to stories and conversations while she was little. And even Dan hadn't heard that story before, despite living and working together for years. What is it about the why that teases out these hidden stories, magical moments that shape our life that lie beneath the surface, not forgotten, just not remembered? We cherish and value listening to stories. We gain so much in the sharing, the telling and the hearing of narrative. We connect, grow and learn. Everybody has a story. What stories in life have you heard that have really made a difference to you? Dan and Jane shared that often we get in our own way of sharing our stories, saying that we underestimate just how exotic our own story is. And this is where the core message of this episode comes in, to listen to yourself, to pay attention and notice what comes up. You have a wealth of stories. Trust your subconscious to give you the perfect story. This is where the theme of alchemy comes in. 
It is indeed alchemical work at play when you explore the wonder of your own story, exploration, and listen to yourself. You have a wealth of knowledge. Your values are revealed to you, as is your purpose. What appear to be a random collection of stories actually illustrate a constant thread with themes coursing through time. This is where the thread of life appears. And something that Jane shares here I found particularly profound, which is as a storyteller, it's really powerful to be in the present moment. Being able to be present with the listener to invoke the past and create a vision of the future because that's what the fulcrum of storytelling does. It's all perfectly balanced between the present moment, the past and the future. And that's it for today. My final words, your story is valuable. It is distinct, unique, individual. You have a story. Just listen to yourself. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.